0: Hello and welcome to episode 189 of the CantoDite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind and with me as always, it's my delightful co host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? Um, I'm a little bit sick. I've got a bunch of chest congestion and a cough. So if I sound kind of raspy, that is why. It's probably going to be a short episode today, but otherwise I'm all right. Just sleepy. How are you doing? I'm doing Good
1: recovered over the weekend from uh my covid shot i didn't get really any symptoms except uh i woke up friday morning like feeling like a little a little hungover but i took some ibuprofen and ate a granola bar and i was still able to run and then i got covid arm which i had no idea about until i looked it up but i guess it's like rare like the second time around so i thought that was really interesting science is just like a
0: rash right
1: yeah, it's a rash, and it's still really, you know, hot to the touch. It still hurt a little. but I think I slept on it wrong, like, the night before, too, so that could have done something to it, but I'm not complaining. I'm just interested in the side effects, but I'm, I'm just happy I got it. Like, it's a really nice thing to, you know, not have to stress about too much, and that lovely little card, I want to, you know, frame it or tattoo it on my body or something.
0: I wish they had made the card a size that fits into a wallet nicely, like the credit card size. That That would have been useful for something that we're supposed to, you know, like going to have to be using for things like plane tickets and shit. It would, it'd be nice if it were not just like randomly stuck in the billfold of my wallet where I'm always afraid it's going to fall out. I know they
1: say that you like, you shouldn't like keep it on you, but like, I always like keep it on my, in my purse with my birth control. Cause like, those are like the two most important, like things like to me right now are <laughs> protecting myself and also protecting myself. Like just, it's, it's great, two great things that help everything. But yeah, I, you never know when you're going to need it. So I'm, I'm just really happy I got it. It's Again, one last thing. I was the last one in my, you know, full family to get vaccinated. You know, funny enough, I was the one, you know, fighting for everyone. And I'm like, you know what? You guys get yours first. Uh, I'll get mine when I get mine. And I did. And now I'm ready to go in like a a week, week and a half. I don't know, but I don't want to go too crazy. But I don't know. It's exciting, you know, seeing like things like opening back up again, like uh, my brother and my sister are going to Disneyland tomorrow. So it'll be fun, you know, watching from the sidelines and pictures. And I see a lot of our friends, you know, have gone to and that's a lot of fun. I'm just not ready yet. I'm not ready to fork over $200 to go. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> bummed out that the annual passes like went out. I-, I feel like with the annual passes, like they went out as soon as they announced that the parks are reopening. So, I mean, it was really nice to get that nice chunk of money back, but also it's like, shit, the end of the month, the end of the year, like if I want to go back, like I'm going to have to fork out a lot of money for an annual pass. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, maybe I'll find another hobby. Like maybe I'll hop over to Knott's Berry Farm or something because that place is fun. I went to a couple food and wine festivals there and I think they're lovely.
0: Do they do annual passes? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they still do. I believe that their annual passes for a whole year is cheaper than a, t- a park hopper ticket right now to Disneyland. Jesus <laughs>
0: Christ!
1: Wow. Yeah, but it's it's a lot smaller. Like I've walked around there a couple times, and it, there's not really like a lot to do. Like the roller coasters are fun. The food is fun. You know, everyone, if you haven't had a boysenberry before, like have a boysenberry. It's science. Like science is fucking cool. Like think of me when you eat the boysenberries and, you know, there's boysenberry pie. Then there's like the fried chicken restaurant there. And there's all these like crazy ass roller coasters. Cause This place is old. Like I think this year they're celebrating like their 100th anniversary. And by the way, this podcast is not sponsored by Knott's Berry Farm. It just recommends
0: Knott's Berry Farm. But but they'll wait well, and would Snoop- happily take their money if they wanted to sponsor us.
1: Yeah, of course. Like I will get boys berries tattooed my body, I don't care. But the the best part is is that our friend Snoopy is there. And there's Your friend, Camp Snoopy. Snoopy. Our friend Snoopy is a delightful He's dog. so boring. And and he's just so fun and cute and all his friends are fun and cute. And it just—they're little events they do for the holidays, you know, like their Halloween that's, and their Knott's Mary Farm. No. Emily, no. Knott's Mary Farm isn't that adorable? Because no, it goes
0: off—it goes off berry, but it's yeah, Mary. I get it. I get it. Like and then Not Scary Farm—that's that's the one scary. I want to do. I wanted to do that mostly because I've heard the dudes on Podcast the Ride talking about it a lot, and I'm like, that actually sounds fun to me. Christmas, I don't give a shit about. Sorry, Chris Fresh, but like haunts I really like so
1: I didn't know that you're a haunt person yeah 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 they have those at Universal Studios and I did one at Universal Studios so I got so freaked out that I got a headache from screaming so much <laughs> those things are scary like um in Balboa Park in San Diego they used to have like a maze And it was really fun because, you know, they would have it at night. They would have all the people dress up like they were like chainsaws for some like just scary tools. Like think of the scariest tool you can think of. And it was there like. And. Yeah, those things are interesting. Um, Carlos doesn't like scary things or scary movies. And like, I I appreciate that. Like that's I respect that because it, it takes
0: a lot of effort to To get scared, I too. I like a particular type of scary movie, or rather, I like most scary movies except for any of sort of like the torture, porny, like Eli Roth, hostile bullshit, or Saw, where it's just like, hey, we're just gonna like hurt people like that. I don't think is. I don't even find it's not even that's like it scares me too much. It's like I don't even think it's scary. It's just like nasty and not enjoyable. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. Like, I've, I've seen uh, so many scary movies. And, you know, I've seen, like, the really bad ones, like The Human Centipede, like The Cabin in the Woods. The ones where, you know, it always starts off with someone, like, assaulting a woman or something. And I'm thinking, why does that have to be in scary movies? Like, when I think of scary movies, I think of just, you know, killing and stuff. And not it just, you know, causing, you know, forever harm to someone. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't really like scary movies how much like for those reasons because it's like I see those tropes and I see, you know, the common things, you know, that happen in scary movies. You know, uh it was fine. I like a story. I like a story and like scary shit. Um not just like scary shit happening just because like some scientist wants to, you know, sew up three people together. Like that's just horrific. I don't know how the fuck you come up with that. But yeah. I mean with any movies too, you know, people have their preferred choices and everything, but I don't know. That's why like Halloween was never really like my favorite because I never really watched like scary movies. Even as a kid, I was that boring kid. Everyone's like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" And I'm like, "Um, "I just choose not to watch them." Like I watch uh, Scooby Doo. (laughs) Hey, there's all there's all sorts of
0: ghosts and shit in Scooby Doo.
1: Yeah, but you realize that the ghosts are actually like real people. Like the bad people are real people, and they're the people that you know and you learn some valuable <laughs> shit in Scooby-Doo. Man, I used to watch the James Gunn Scooby-Doo movies oh, as a kid. <laughs> those were my favorite. I loved those so much. Like the one when they're on I believe it's like Spooky Island. It's like this this island theme park land. Where like they, I forget exactly what they do to people, but like like, you got to watch these movies. Monsters
0: and shit, it's terrible. Oh, I've seen it, and it is apparently so uh, not the original James Gunn script, but whatever. He got he got. What was the original James Gunn script again? It was much more like meta and adult. And whatever, whatever. He got paid for it, and he doesn't. He doesn't seem to particularly care. He's joked about it a lot. But, yeah, it was definitely a different movie. I think it was probably closer to what, like, the um the Brady Bunch movie did in terms of, like, really being in on the joke of what it was as opposed to just, like, trying mm-hmm. to be a Scooby-Doo movie. And instead, instead, the movie kind of, like, occasionally jokes about being a Scooby-Doo movie but is also just, like... A dumb bad Scooby Doo episode. Also, it has Scrappy Doo, and that that dude fucking sucks. Yeah, I think we can all agree by saying fuck Scrappy Doo. (laughs) What else have you been up to? Have you been watching anything interesting?
1: No, I really haven't. Like, I told myself, like, after. Oh, you know, I did it! I got a job. Like I'm gonna do all these things. Like I told myself I was gonna like buy a new, um, not buy a new phone and buy a new watch because I need a new Apple Watch. But I'm just like I don't want to spend money. Like that takes effort. And, like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to do anything right now because then it's like I. I always like I. I can't stop and be like, wow, these roses smell really nice. I have to be like, well, there's more roses over there. I gotta fucking smell them. So. I've just been thinking, you know, okay, you know, game, game plan. Like I have to do this, you know, I, I want to move out soon. So I have to, you know, start that fun process. Like I got to Carlos's house the other day and I was just like, do you want to start packing up your things?
0: Oh <laughs> like- God. That, that step might be a little further down the path.
1: <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I have a lot on my mind right now when it's like I shouldn't because it's like, it, the ball's rolling very slowly, and I still, you know, don't know 100% you know, what's going on, where I'm gonna be, what I'm gonna do. But yeah, just been, you know, trying to stay low and hang out. Um, you know, I'll probably do the same this weekend too. So yeah, I'm boring. Now that I got a job, I'm boring. <laughs> I can't watch movies at work anymore. I can't, no, I'm kidding, but. Uh,
0: you know you could watch though, while you're at home. Ted Lasso, I say this because <laughs> last week I started watching Ted Lasso again, and I was watching it, and I got to you know watched it over a couple of days. and then this weekend, I watched the last episode, and as soon as it ended, I started the first episode again.
1: I really have to start that. And I know I say that every episode. That's like a running gag of, you know, how many times will Brittany say she's going to watch Ted Lasso before she actually watches Ted Lasso. But, yeah, I will. And it was funny because, like, Lorena was totally giving me shit about this the other night, too. Because she was asking about all these shows. Like, I've never seen Breaking Bad and never seen this or that. And she's like, why don't you just do it? (laughs) And I'm just like, I can't. (laughs) Like, I can't. Like, I can't just sit down and be like, I'm going to watch this now. Like,
0: I have to. But see, here's the thing is you can, especially with a show like Ted Lasso, it's, you know, it's less than 10 episodes. They're half hour each. Just fucking watch it. It's incredibly easy just to sit down and it's just and it's not even like a huge emotional investment. Like, you'll care about these characters. But at the end of the day, it's a fucking comedy.
1: I guess that's true. I. It's just hard for me to do simple things, okay?
0: (laughs) No. Jesus, Jesus, fucking Christ. You know, like, who might have a good lesson about that for you is, is Ted Lasso. Yeah,
1: Ted Lasso will teach me a lot. Maybe in the future. I don't know when. But, yeah, I mean, I should start that. I know I, I hurt my hip a couple weeks ago of running and I've kind of stayed away from the treadmill. So maybe I should try to hop back on it slowly. And, and I have I have material to watch. So maybe that I should do that. I'll do that tomorrow. Oh Actually, wait. No, tomorrow I have work stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I mean, I'll have a report for you. Okay. I, I am virtually shaking hands with you right now. If I don't watch Ted Lasso by next week. I'm I am resigning from the Canto Byte Dispatch. (laughs) Like I am turning in the paperwork,
0: signed. Um and uh And then I gotta start doing grinding up interviews and get resumes. I I wanna be part of the interviewing committee though. Like I'm I don't think I don't think it works that way. Well
1: (laughs) who's gonna replace me?
0: I don't know. It might just be Chris Fresh and I yelling at each other for an hour every week.
1: Oh God. That's like I love Lucy <laughs> on steroids.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. Um No, watch Ted Lasso. It is beautiful and good.
1: I will. How how are the geek dudes? I haven't heard from them. They've been they've been keeping out of trouble, which is good because well, I mean, but also it's it's not good because I'm bored.
0: <laughs> oh, you want to you want to pick a fucking fight? I mean, I mean, I did slag off Christmas earlier. That might help. Um, oh, I mean, I well, you don't care. I like Venom, but you don't give a shit about Venom, so it doesn't matter that Chris fucking hates that movie. Oh, I, I, what I are you talking
1: about, Emily? I love I love Venom.
0: <laughs> I love I love. You know? You know the people. We don't have video on our podcast, right? So you don't need to do the link.
1: <laughs> well, just just so that you know, because like I love Venom. Like Tom Hardy, like gets me Hardy. Oh. You know, like I, I mean, love. Well,
0: first of all, Tom Hardy's really fucking hot. So I don't know why you're being sarcastic about that. That dude's fucking gorgeous. But he's fine. He's hot, and what I like about him is he is just a weird, huge dweeb. And he doesn't really seem to pretend to be anything else. He's just a fucking weirdo. Like the fucking Bane voice is not a thing you do if you like think you're a cool, tough guy. That is something you do if you're a huge dork. And he is my favorite maybe of the big actiony guys. Because I think he just is a huge geek who happens to look the way he does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he's fine. I, I never saw Venom. Um, Michelle Williams is in it, right? And yeah. Like, I, I saw that weird where she's like, "Hey, I'm sorry about Venom." <laughs> the or greatest, the like,
0: greatest line in all of cinema. Yeah.
1: I don't understand the concept, the context of oh, it, but I like I love
0: the context of it. It's but, it's brilliant, and Venom is good, and it has a good like anti-capitalist message and the bad guy is basically Elon Musk and it's played by Rami Malek and it's a very good movie about a guy and his symbiote and they learn to be friends it's a very sweet little like romantic comedy and then occasionally people get their heads bitten off I hate when that happens No, I highly recommend Venom without any sense of irony whatsoever. I would pick it over probably like three-fourths of the Marvel movies. I know...
1: I watched Age of Ultron the other night. I swear to God, like, I can't get it out of my head that Hawkeye's wife is Velma. Like, I can't. Like, no matter what she does in anything, that's fucking Velma. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: she's so good, though. She's been in so many good things.
1: <sighs> I I just can't. Like, that's my only thing. Like, I play, like, the association game so much and like that's one of like the biggest ones for me is that, that that Hawkeye is married to Velma and that's why she's not in the series so much is because she's solving mysteries
0: with Scooby-Doo <laughs> in the game. She's from Freaks and Geeks which you're way too young to know she's in Mad Men. Oh I watched that Then how do you Why? okay then it's very weird you think of her as Velma Well because I watched Scooby-Doo so much as a kid
1: so I mean I watched Freaks and Geeks in high school we had to watch it for a sociology class or something, and then an episode of The Office, the one where uh, there's a bat in the office. Nothing.
0: I don't know why we watched that. Sounds one. like a sounds like a very rigorous academic course that you took.
1: It was a hard class. Like she was like that one of the AP teachers, and like by the end of the. By the end of the quarter or the, by the end of the semester, 95% of the kids dropped out of honors because mm. like the final project was just like so tedious and you
0: just had to do a bunch that of is, shit. That, like, just that no is one... not a good reflection of your teaching skills.
1: It was just a class that people, you know, because you, sociol- you think sociology or psychology and you're like, that sounds interesting. Like, I want to know about these things. And I learned a lot of stuff, but then I didn't <laughs> and I unlearned it. And then I learned it again in college. God, the ologies are so fucking hard. I think that's like what got me the most, you know, in my education system. Like, bio was, bio was okay, but psychology and sociology, man, fuck. Those some of those courses were the hardest courses I took in college. Hmm. Well,
0: should we talk about some Star Wars?
1: Yeah, might as well. Yeah, there was a, a new episode of The Bad Batch. Oh wait, no, we're not doing Bad Batch yet. We're doing. Uh,
0: where am I? Who? Okay. Who, so what's going on? It's just a little thing, but Ewan McGregor was on Jimmy Kimmel. And he got asked about Obi-Wan. And he said that on May 4th, he got to shoot a special scene with somebody who was very special to him who he hasn't shot a scene with before. It was all very vague. Um, Jimmy asked if it was somebody in his family. And Ewan said... It's not necessarily somebody in my family. So I don't know what that means. I mean, who knows? It could be, like, literally could be somebody he's, like, just, like, knows. Or his friends with, or it could be, like, maybe he's talking about, like, a really cool puppet or something. Who knows? He's never filmed with yeah. before. Hmm. But the other thing he said was that... um you know cuz he was, asked, you know, asked the question was something about, like getting back into the Obi-Wan unif- uh costume and he says that the, the costume will is will look different. Which I'm like, okay, that makes sense cuz it's a decade has passed and it's going to look like a different costume. That uh, that seems fine to me. It could be slightly different color of brown. Scandalous. <laughs> But here's what, and I don't think there's really anything to talk about here because speculated on who he's talking about shooting with, I mean, God only knows. But what I thought was why didn't they take two fucking minutes to film a video on the set even if it's literally just in his like, you know, like trailer or something of a hey, it's May the 4th We're making Obi-Wan. Isn't that cool? Happy, you know, Star Wars Day. Well,
1: the way that I see it is it's like we're in a relationship with Star Wars. And Star Wars thinks that by doing the bare minimum that, you know, they are providing for this relationship, which that's never a way to go and you should be going, you know, above and beyond, you know, you want your fans to know that you're there, that, you know, you support, you know, big issues, et cetera, et cetera. So I, it it sounds like, it sounds ignorant to say that they're just, you know, doing the bare minimum. They're not trying hard enough, but We didn't get anything for May the 4th, you know, other than Bad Batch. And maybe we only got Bad Batch because, you know, they didn't want to outshine Bad Batch. Because, I don't know. Like, I I don't know the numbers. I'm not a numbers person, you know, with views. I'm I'm not sure if, you know, the Bad Batch, you know, brought in much, much attention as, you know, The Mandalorian does. But, in short, I just don't think they care. It's just weird.
0: It's like, you know, amongst all the different, like, here's all the different shit we want you to buy. To, to not even have, like, <laughs> just have you and shoot somebody on his fucking phone and send it to you. Jesus Christ. Do anything at all. But whatever. Yeah. So then we got the Bad Batch. What did you think, Brittany? Did you enjoy this episode of the Bad Batch?
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, I I liked last week's episode a lot better than this week's. <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of you know, action last week. Um, I really like now that I know all the characters' names. Um, yeah, no, I I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, the episode title: Season One, Episode Two: Cut and Run. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Cut's kids. I think his kids are too. Not like kitty. That's so weird to say, but. They're the stereotypical cartoon kids, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not my like biggest thing because that was my complaint in the Clone Wars, and it's the person does the voices for the kids. I believe does the voices for Phil and Lil and the Rugrats, and it's just it's it's too much association for me. So that's just like me nitpicking, but overall it was fine. Um, I hated that Hunter wanted to fucking give away omega thinking that you know it was the best thing for omega but no man omega part of the team and you know omega, omega did some kid things but like she is a kid i i'm not annoyed with her at all because you know she's so young and the this is a new world for her you know her stepping off the ship and playing with the dirt like she's never seen this ship before so i'm totally understanding of it just shit happens she's a kid but
0: I thought it was fine. What did you think? I mean, I think you sort of need Cut's kids to be just kids, like the stereotypical kids, because then you really get that contrast with Omega, who literally doesn't know how to play. And I think, I, I don't know. I mean, it was cool to go back to Cut. I mean, that was one of the stories in Clone Wars I actually liked. Um, so it was neat to check back in with them and obviously with the Bad Batch it makes sense to go back to that character especially now that they have Omega Um, like you I really liked the scene of her stepping off the ship onto the planet like and being on a planet's surface for the first time and not knowing what dirt was. And it's, you know, it's very much look, it's the same thing as when Ray is like been on the in the rain for the first time, but it's a gorgeous scene. So I'm okay with them doing that again. And yeah, obviously it's kind of the reverse of that here because it's Earth, but her like sense of wonder and stuff. And I thought the the animation in that was really beautiful. Well the thing with Omega is I can't believe I like this character because that's generally the character I really do not like in animation, especially in Star Wars animation, which is, you know, the precocious kid who's with all the adults and like, but she's actually interesting. She's not whiny or entitled like other characters we might have seen in other Star Wars series of animated variety. And (laughs) honestly, I think the accent helps a lot. Uh, I really like the voice actress. I think I think she's great. Just love the character. Her stuff with Hunter is adorable all the time. She's like emulating him, is so cute. And I, uh, Chris Fresh was talking about this on the Geek Dudes about how she kind of automatically triggers his fatherly protective instincts and I think there is something similar there with me where I'm just like no but I need her to be okay and I need her to find her family you know to stay with them and to be safe and happy and I just really really like her and when like when she went behind the fence because and it wasn't and what I liked about that is like again normally that would be If it was like with some of the other Star Wars characters we've had, it would have been like, oh, she'd been warned several times not to go beyond the fence. And she did anyway because she thinks she's, you know, but she like literally didn't know that there's this crazy animal out there and she just went to get the ball back. And so it wasn't her, you know, like trying to be the bravest of the brave and, you know, and ending up putting people in danger. It was literally she just didn't know any better. And I like her. Um I feel like they're doing a really good job of defining the rest of the team and giving them personalities. I'm starting to really like hunter i I thought the chain code thing, I hope they don't try I hope they don't try to give any more explanation to because if you really go into the logistics of it, it's just a nightmare, but in terms of talking about how quickly the republic becomes the empire and how quickly fascism can set in i think it was a cool nod and an interesting being like oh this is what they're talking about like when we heard it mentioned a couple times on the mandalorian that this was you know a more recent thing and was a very quick and scary and, you know, and thing. And so I liked, I liked the bits of that that we saw.
1: Yeah, I did too. I thought it was very haunting just how quick everything turned, you know, from the Republic to the empire. It was one of the things in star Wars I was most interested in, you know, how long did it take for these two things to become separate and, I'm really interesting. I'm really interested in the rest of the series and how they combat that. I'm interested in the introduction possibly to Darth Vader. And if Darth Vader is a well-known person, you know, to these clones, and if the clones, you know, figure out that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, but I'm not sure about that because I believe in the rebels. That when Ahsoka found out, everyone found out at the same time. So that's that's really interesting. The chain cone thing was interesting, and I can see how that's going to be like a big headache. You know, seeing that like everyone's a code, and hopefully they don't. Hopefully it's like the midi that we just never hear about it again. But it's very sad as a Clone Wars viewer to see the clones now and. How they just don't care for people, you know they used to you know tr- you know work with the Jedi and try to- admit, administer peace, and now they just don't give two shits, it's obviously because of the programming in their brains, but it's just a very sad thing to see, and that's what take I got from it, and the uncomfort from when cut is stopped by one of the clones that's saying that hey man you you kind of look like me, but then something happened and they walked away just how close cut was to something very yeah. life-altering happening
0: i found i really was worried for a moment that they were gonna send omega away i mean obviously not for the rest of the show like we know she's a big part of it but i thought it might be mm-hmm. a thing where she's gone for a few episodes and they they find out that you know they're tracking her somehow so they like the empire tracking her somehow so they have to run and save her again but I, i'm glad that They didn't do that because I'm, and, and they don't, it's not going to be like the Mandalorian thing where every week it's him trying to get rid of the baby. She seems to just be accepted now that no, she is one of you. She is part of the team and she's part of your little family.
1: Yeah, I I really like that. I was bummed out in the beginning to see that, you know, Hunter thought that, you know, having her with Cut would be the best for her. But thank God that didn't happen because I think that she's going to be a big asset to the team. You know, she's still finding out her powers. God, I hope she's not force-sensitive. I saw a poll somewhere on Twitter wondering if she was going to be force-sensitive or not.
0: I I also, I really wonder about the significance (sighs) of the the jewel on her on her headwear her headdress that she takes off in the episode because it seemed so significant for her to remove it and i just i hope hopefully that's some sort of story of who gave that to her and why she has it
1: yeah i'm i'm really interested in that there's still so much about omega that we still don't know and i'm excited to know and i'm excited to get to know
0: God, I can't believe I'm saying I'm excited to get to know the Bad Batch. but <laughs> I know, right? <sighs> I say that with the caveat of I still don't see how there's 16 episodes worth of story that'll keep me interested. We're going to get to episode 5, or we're going to be exhausted. I mean, yeah. At least there mm. aren't fucking annoying battle droids anymore
1: i don't think we ever have to hear the word clankers ever again which is great because we heard it (laughs) way too many times the last episode
0: clankers yeah but yeah no 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 i i'm 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 enjoying it you know it's not i'm not enjoying it the way i enjoy the mandalorian i'm not in a rush to see it every week and I I think it's going to be like, there's going to be a definite turning point where I'm just like, okay, I've seen enough of this now, but it's, it's much better than I thought it would be. I like the focus on the like, Hey, we're a family now element. And I just want to see where they go.
1: Yeah, me too. I know that obviously it won't end, you know, too well with the Empire lasting as long as it did. But I just wish happiness among the Bad Batch family. And I guess good job, Dave, because so far I'm not angry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and 100% of that is because Omega is so good.
1: She's so good. I I really like her. I, I know that, you know, we were complaining, especially... I was complaining about the fact that, you know, they don't need to bring a kid into this. But I think that she makes them more likable too. Because without her, they're just, you know, a bunch of clones getting shit together. But now you kind of have this aspect of kind of like, you know, the three men and a baby kind of thing. Like, yeah. I I like it. Like, I think it's fun. I... I hate that I'm comparing it to something, though. Hmm. Like, I wish that this was just like a, oh, like, we've never seen this before type of thing. But I'm like, that always with Star Wars shit. But I'll, I'll take it, Dave. Like, I, I know that you're interested and inspired by,
0: you know, other things. But, so you know, here's the thing. And I think it's, it's what works with Omega, besides the fact that she's drawn really well and the voice actress is very charming, is although obviously like the rest of them she has enhancements and you know i think it's it's tech that says they wouldn't have made her for no reason like there's a reason they made her there's a reason they made her a her and but she's not like the most super special of all super specials she's not saving everybody's ass all the time she's done a couple of cool things but she's also gotten herself into trouble So it's not a you are the chosen one who's going to save the galaxy so far. Hopefully they don't go down that route because I think that's where you get into kids being super annoying. And so they've struck a good balance of her being helpful but not overpowered and needing help but not like constantly being in danger. And constantly causing problems. And also, she's not a whiny little brat.
1: I know. It's a miracle. Like, I never thought that we would get that in Star Wars. A child, that's not a brat.
0: Yeah. Like, don't make me wrong. I love the baby Yoda, but baby Yoda's a bit of a brat. But he is little enough. He is a baby and bratty babies I can deal with. It's bratty, like, teenagers to around that age where I'm like, no, I don't, I can't deal with you anymore. He
1: doesn't talk. That's why we like him so much. That's my dad yeah. says that we like our cat so much. He says he doesn't talk back to
0: us. <laughs> I never want to hear Baby Yoda say a single goddamn word. God.
1: What if they got like a like like Matt Damon to voice him or something? <laughs> like
0: that would be just <laughs> horrific. Should be Gilbert Godfrey. That's that's who I want it to be. Our Bobcat Goldweight just somebody with a yeah that's what I want but we just open his voice and it's the guy who does the fucking Affleck duck (laughs) Affleck (laughs) but no so far I'm liking it I'm still apprehensive but I'm just gonna enjoy it for what it is for now and hope that I continue to enjoy it yeah I I feel the same way I like the
1: I I like the newness of it. I like that on Friday mornings I can just turn on the TV and, you know, watch a little cartoon. Like, I think it's wholesome and pure. And it's actually something that I'm looking forward to watching and looking forward to... I've started the story and now I want to finish it. And there's going to be multiple seasons of this stuff, too.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm like, uh...
1: I mean, overall... I guess kudos to Dave. I mean, he started the Clone Wars over 10 years ago. And it ended, you know, when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney. And, you know, they got to do the last season, which was cool. But I feel like this is like kind of like a continuation. So I'm happy that he's able to still work on something that he really loves. And I can see a lot of love and a lot of effort is put into this. So I'm happy for him. And I'm happy for D. Bradley Baker, who's doing 15 voices for this for this show. So that's fun, <laughs>
0: bananas. But yeah, um, I think that's probably going to be it for this week. Um, partially because we don't have anything to talk about, and partially because, um, uh, my voice is starting to go. Um, so Brittany, do you have any final thoughts? Don't do us wrong, Dave. I've already spent this whole
1: episode complimenting you know I'm kidding um yeah just Dave you're doing good keep it up I I'm enjoying Bad Batch
0: Yep. um Brittany where can people find you on the internet you can
1: find me on Twitter and Instagram as Cantobrit what about you
0: I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can send us email, cantabitepod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us where you listen to the show. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening and we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.
2: Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a canto bitch. Britney the ginch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show a place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Canto Bitch number one. Oh my god. Just can't quit. How do you become a bitch like me? Podcast, you gotta download CBD. Send emails, just listen and chill. Give them some names to fuck, marry, kill. Ask them a question or send a top three. Mine is Lindo, Brittany, and me. All my girls at the All my girls at the Your pod might be good, but my girls are better. Check out some folks, they want a bang and a refresher Asajj Ventress and Kylo Ren, yo. Will have Tarkin and of course go Send a shout to the porch and Rustin Brown And Emily's dad straight putting it down Every week my girls be getting it done I should know, I've been down since day one